Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name's Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And not by Stu this week because he's not as committed as us and has gone on holiday for the summer break. Uh, but instead we're joined by motorsport journalist extraordinaire Hazel Southwell. Is that a fair description? Uh, well, I probably wouldn't say extraordinaire, but yes, definitely motorsport journalist. Um, uh, so hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Yes, this week was supposed to be, well it is still our... Uh, silly season do the 2020 grid during the summer break um but red bull decided to jump in ahead of us and actually do their own bit of silly season this morning by um announcing kind of as we've sort of expected that gasly's being sent back to toro rosso but that alexander albon is going to red bull in his place which i don't think anyone expected no i mean Mm. thoughts straight off the bat on that out of the two of them, you would have expected it to be Daniel, wouldn't you? Yeah, realistically. Uh, I don't. I don't think they were going to put him back in that car. Yeah, I. I think of the two, Alban, Al, Red Bull like the shock of the new. They like to do something radical and be like, "This is going to work this time," <laughs> um, or "This is going to work like seven years later when we give it another go, maybe." Um, but if it doesn't immediately then they're unhappy about it and at the moment Albon is performing pretty well he's not performing as well as Kvyat but he's performing pretty well Um, and Kvyat's big podium in Germany has pushed him like hugely uh, kind of buoyed where where he is relative to Albon Um, he was kind of the only option they could threaten with they can't fire Pierre um, for a whole set of reasons, from the fact that they don't have anyone with a super license to replace him, to hmm. the fact that he's Honda's. Yeah, he's, he's got contractual agreements from when he was in Super Formula. Hasn't of course, he? yeah. He's well, he's certainly got the whole relationship, um, mm. and a lot of the working relationship, a lot of the development at Toro Rosso, a lot of the development at Red Bull will have been driven by Gasly. Um, even if the developments have then, since he went to the big team been without question seen on the other side of the garage yeah I, th- I think what kind of leaves a bad taste in the mouth of it all is that i looked this up earlier and it was six days ago the last story of um helmet marco or christian horner saying no no plans to do that gasly's here to the end of the season no plans to do any of that and then yeah red bull do what red bull do and i guess mm. the concern is that when they last did this with Kvyat, they damn nearly destroyed his career like he it's only through a lot of hard work on his part that he brought his career back from that and you just fear that they're doing the same to Gasly don't you I mean honestly I think it's a bit of a shame that Antonio is all but announced it to Cheetah uh, next year already um yeah it's a good point uh, I mean not that Gasly I mean this is the problem with the Red Bull program actually with all of them um so I don't know what Kvyat's current contract situation is he might be a bit of a unicorn in all of this um, and Max's contract is obviously up at the end of the year. Um, but aside from that, Gasly and Albon will be locked into 
God knows what, Gasly in particular, because he was all the way through the junior team. So he's in hock to them for millions. Um, same yeah. way as Science was when he had to be bought out. So, yeah. and Science pretty much bought himself out of his contract. But there's not, and, and then the Alonso money at McLaren meant that it was immaterial to them because they weren't paying someone 40 million a year. So it was kind of irrelevant. <laughs> um that you can pay what you want for the the next driver um but uh i mean gasly will be impossible to escape he he'll be in the same position that van was or buemi or like alguasuari any of the ones who have been dropped but van is a particularly good example where it's way too late to get another seat by the time that they let him go so i, I kind of i suspect this is gasly's second to last season in Formula One and he's going to have a torrid one at Toro Rosso next year. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. And then I guess the flip side of that is that if Albon doesn't perform now straight away, what happens to him? Like, do they send him back and find someone else? Do they let him hang on to the end of the season and then cut him back? It's This is what's annoying me the most about it because not everyone's Max Verstappen. Not everyone yeah. can just get in a car that's at the top end of the grid and just instantly perform. And to be fair, even Max didn't actually do that really to a degree, did he? He struggled initially and, and had to find his form. Yeah, because that Spain win was a, a glitch. Mm. Yeah, that was a wild card thing. So it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I just think that it's just all flashbacks to what happened to Kvyat and, and stuff like that. And maybe what's happened to Gasly as well, just putting that seat a little bit too soon. But they were stuck in a position where they'd driven Danny Rick out and they almost had no choice to put Pierre in it. But I don't think he was quite ready, as I don't think Albon's quite ready yet. Well, he hadn't driven a Formula One car until February of this year. And now we're almost yeah. six months to the day later and he's suddenly in a car that's expected to be fighting for podiums i i don't know i, I just worry that they're gonna kind of ruin him he mm. is this driver with so much potential and i just am really afraid they're gonna ruin him doing all of this i mean in pierre's defense he um or like on an optimistic note um pierre's been really under it in red bull he's really been clearly having a bad time he's been being absolutely rinsed by the press and that does get in somebody's head he's now got a chance to yeah. stage a fight back Gasly is really good at fightbacks. Um, Gasly yeah. uh, got his first win in GP2 for the first time in billions of races. I can't remember what it was. It was like some absurd number of races. Um, <laughs> uh, and they kept saying it every single um, race in this season. But it was immediately after he'd been in a car crash, he wasn't driving, his trainer was, and his mother was in the hospital and he took his first win. Like... Yeah. Um, the next one, he was steamingly hungover. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fighting in the face of adversity. Um, allegedly, I should say. Um, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, he was steamingly hungover. Um, but, like, I, he he is a really tough cookie. Um, I think anyone who's worked with him knows that he's sort of got, like, he's got this, like, dazzling smile and he's quite cute and he talks about his feelings a lot, which is sort of like strangely adorable in the world of F1 when everyone <laughs> does that. Um, uh, but he, I was thinking back to when he came into F1, when he came into Toro Rosso at Malaysia, um, when uh, science moved um, to Renault. 
Uh, yeah, of course. Um, and he gave this like glorious little interview on the Thursday where it was all very sweet. It was all like, well, you know, I, I only worked out 24 hours ago because I think Malaysia and Singapore were back to back that year or something. Um, so it was very sudden. And, you know, I only just found out that I'm coming here. I'm so excited. It's like a dream. I haven't slept. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, like all of these things. And then just drops this incredibly crude swear in the middle of just describing something quite technical um, <laughs> with the same smiley expression. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is tough. He's a lot older than Kvyat was because they're actually not a dissimilar age. Uh, yeah, I don't true. Think. So he is older. He's also been in the program longer and he's been knocked about by it more um, because Kvyat was accelerated from the GP3 win. Um, so... Yeah. I think Gasly might have more of a fighting chance. It's also not quite such a shameful demotion, um, partly because it's the second time it's happened. And secondly, because Red Bull seem to be sort of like spinning in a weird way at the moment, but they're also, <laughs> it, it's to the same engine. It's not to last year's Ferrari engine. It's not, um, I can't believe I've just said engine when I mean power unit twice. God. Unbelievable. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm catching the disease slowly. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's the same power units, same power unit supplier. Honda, a Honda supplying both teams has meant that Toro Rosso and Red Bull are kind of closer than ever in a, in a lot of senses. Um, so I think, uh, I think it might not be quite so vicious. It's I not hope. like he's just been sent to the other end of the paddock to disappear and kind of get out of their hair. Like, as you say, they're much closer teams these days. Like, he's still going to be in the fold, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. and I think there's a, there's a lot less secrecy within the teams. And also, I mean, it does just take him out of the barrage of media speculation. Like, True. To be honest, it might be better to, instead of putting him in a car where it's like, you have got to get a podium or else you are a failure whilst the media, regardless of how Red Bull feel about how he's working with Honda or whatever, because they backed him for a long time because of that, um, and regardless how key he is to their success or, or whatever, um, he's going to crumble more and more under the scrutiny of everyone saying that he should be fired, that he should be replaced with Hulkenberg, which is probably one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> the, the Hulkenberg rumour <laughs> mill has really been up off the chain this year. It really has. In fact, I'm interested to see where we'll put him when we do our um, good predictions. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the other way of looking at this is, like, unless Red Bull do do something mental like putting Hulkenberg, mm. they're second driver choice next year is going to be between these other three drivers and i guess they've now seen half a season of what gasly can do they already know kvyat in fact i realized today kvyat's now done more races for toro rosso than any other driver he overtook Vern earlier this year i think so they know what he can do so i guess let's have half a season of albon as well then you can kind of weigh them all up against each other to try and fill that seat next season yeah, and fingers crossed, because Albon has so little experience, there is so little expectation on him. Like, if Albon yeah. doesn't totally screw it up, like, if he doesn't crash in FP1, great, he's doing a good job <laughs> yeah, Like in Spa. Like, that will, be, that will be the benchmark of where he is. Yes, he's going to come out wanting to compete, but I think it's also reasonable that they sort of take everything down a notch. Because they're not going to overtake Ferrari in the standings at the moment. They might. 
if the Ferrari uh, dysfunction machine continues to fire, <laughs> uh, like the Philip Morris, uh, sorry, Mission Winnow. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's no cigarette advertising. What are you talking about? Sorry. <laughs> Why would I think that? Um, but yeah, if, if the uh, Mission Winnow smokescreen continues to, to sort of <laughs> uh, pump stuff out in front of the data engineers or whatever it is, um, then there is a chance that they can overtake them. They probably don't need much more than solid mid um, top 10 results from one of their drivers if the other one is winning. Like so long as yeah. he's in the top six, which is pretty difficult. Yeah, if he's be, if honest. he's beating that midfield on more often than not, he's already going to be performing better than Gasly has at this point. So there's that at least. Well, I'm on par with Gasly at least. Yeah, on par, yeah. I guess. Like, I mean, he he finished behind science last race. Um, but we also don't know. I mean, because there's so much you don't know. And um, Jolien Palmer was quite sympathetic to Gasly on the, the commentary last year, I think, uh, or last race, probably because he's literally been there, not in the Red Bull programme, but in a situation where he knew he was losing yeah. his seat. Um, uh I suspect Gasly didn't find out via Autosport, at least, which <laughs> would be an improvement on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but and didn't find out whilst he was about to race. Uh, but the, um, I think you know we don't know whether Gasly's power unit is being turned down. We don't know what modes it's running in. We don't know what he's being allowed. We don't know what parts are there. We don't know because like even if you're really good at analysing what aero kit is on a car, you don't actually know what's going on with the programming. You don't actually know, for instance, Red Bull have simulator drivers, obviously. They use the, the a lot of their juniors and, and they employ drivers exclusively to sit in the simulator. Um, uh, you don't know if all of the simulator driver's time goes into reprogramming uh, Max's car and nothing is done with Pierre's FP1 data. So like, that, like there's all this stuff that you literally have no idea, even if you can see what physically happens on the car, even if you can see when the upgrades are released, you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I, we've told this before. It very much feels like they, much like it used to be a team that operated around Vettel, it's very much a team that operates mm. around Verstappen these days. So yeah, as you say, you just don't know how much he's struggling with that you just can't see. And I mean, Mark Webber found it pretty intolerable to be in the game yeah. with Vettel, and he was already there. He'd already been there for yeah. ages, so he knew exactly what to demand. Whereas Pierre, probably because Toro Rosso do not have simulator drivers who sit there and run everything all weekend, um, they're a midfield team. They just do not have that. Um, you don't, or well some midfield McLaren have that kind of thing but like not all of them do by any means um and so like he won't even know to demand it whereas at least Ricardo or Weber or somebody would would have Weber would have seen that come in as a dynamic in the team and been aware of it and Ricardo would have known because it would have been his job at one point yeah totally shall we find out where we're actually going to put all these drivers next season and get into our 2020 grid silly season action why not so I think we will do back to front of the grid um, and we'll go around and say who we've picked. Uh, we've got a few additional people who've uh, entered their predictions, which I'll mention in due course. Uh, but who wants to start us off with their Williams grid? Shall I go? 
Yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll be I'll be the fodder. So George is staying. Yeah. But Robert is being replaced by Nicholas Latifi. I think that's going to be a common answer for this one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's what I've got. Um, I, it's what I've got like, as well. He's doing okay in F2 as it stands. He's always been in the mix in F2, like with a, at least a win each year. So if anyone would be ready to step up from F2 at the minute, I think it's possibly him. But he's the one with the best opportunity, I guess, being in that Williams programme. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit of money behind him as well, which helps yeah. a lot. I don't think he's anything like as good as De Vries. De Vries doesn't have money behind him. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few others who have ended up here and there who have had Williams associations. So, like, if I was going to go completely wild card, um, then you could say somebody like Alex Lynn would be a really good pick for them. He was their development driver at a point where they had um, quite a significant improvement um, a few years ago. So if they recalled him, they could try that. I think he does still have a super license, Um, but he doesn't have any funding. So, and you know, it's no secret that they genuinely need that at the moment. Uh, it's very hard to get a midfield seat without. It's very hard to get top team seat without it, bluntly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I I don't really see, although there are a few Williams connected drivers hanging around um, who they might be able to convince back. I mean, the other thing is, it's bit if you've got a chance of a decent factory seat in another series, I don't know if I'd take that right now. And I say this as a Williams fan, and it really cuts me to the core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think De Vries's issue would probably be that when he left the McLaren program or was mm. removed from the McLaren program, whichever it may be, he ended up with Audi, didn't he? And mm. obviously they're going to probably want to put him somewhere else outside of F1 if he's in their program. So it'd be interesting to see what does happen to him if, if he comes away with that F2 title and is out of the series because of that. I I would assume that we will see him in hypercars. Yeah, I'd have thought something similar. Yeah. He's he's a really good sports car driver. I mean that nurse back during Le Mans with the utterly destroyed P two uh was really quite incredible. So um yeah I think I think we'll see him go to the top classes of sports cars. There isn't really a gap anywhere else for him. He might get a DTM drive. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, Stu has also sent his predictions from a beach in Mexico. I think he's currently on. Um, Stu has also gone for. Have we sent him? Like, oh, awful! Yeah. Or anything? <laughs> Parachute one in for him. <laughs> um, he has also gone for Russell and Latifi, uh, as has uh, John T from the F1 Word, who's been kind enough to send us his predictions. We also have predictions from. Chamber, aka Stuart Taylor, who I'm going to continue to call Chamber because having two Stuarts is going to make things confusing. Mm. Um, he's gone for Russell and Aitken at Williams. The only reason I can't see Aitken is, isn't he still in the Renault program? He is, and he doesn't have any enough any other funding. Yeah. So I'm not sure how he'd find his way to Williams, no. but you never know. I I can very much see Aitken turning up in Formula E next year because yeah. um, uh, he's 
he's British Korean and we're going to Seoul. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't see a persuasive Williams connection. He also isn't currently in the t- title fight, which isn't surprising because he's driving a Campos. But <laughs> yeah, I, 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 he doesn't have any money to bring unless Renault were like flipping heck. We really have a problem. Um, we need to, or, or unless Renault were just like, hey, take our engines, William. Maybe. Yeah. Then again. Then again, we could say Williams uh, don't have much going for them other than their Mercedes engines right now. So, <laughs> but the Mercedes swap to Renault might be an interesting choice. Are no longer flattering teams. So at one point, Williams had a big recovery. Um, Force India had a uh, what, what was then Force India, now Racing Point, um, but they were Force India at the time. And those those teams, um, both Williams, kind of mid two thousands, a hybrid era resurgence, um, and Force India's sort of real looking at being the the fourth team um well when the mercedes power unit was really dominant it is really clear that the ferrari power unit is the best this year because you look at the teams that are doing really well and they're all ferrari powered um bar mclaren (laughs) yeah no the mercedes definitely isn't the guaranteed top 10 that it used to be is it no, not at all. Um, no. In fact, it actively seems to be, I suspect it's slightly too complicated for customer teams to really deal with at all anymore. So, I mean, if if another um, power unit supplier came along and said, hey, we'll pay you to take it because we need, I mean, even if it was Renault just saying like, God, we need to beat one of our customer teams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, this is genuinely embarrassing now. Um, then, you know, it's, it's a possibility. I guess I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, do some kind of thought exercise where Chambers' prediction is plausible. <laughs> um, Hazel, do you want to give us your Toro Rosso drivers? Let's let's start the interesting stuff. Um, I I think Toro Rosso is going to be Gasly and Albon. Gasly and Albon. So uh, okay, so you're sending Albon back at the end of this season. I am. Interesting. I guess we'll have to wait and see who you put in that red ball then. Uh, how about you, Tom? I've gone really oddball here, mainly because I'm not 100% sure on um, super license points, but I've gone <laughs> with Danny Kvyat and Yuri Vips. But I don't know if a good finish in F3 would be enough to give him enough super license points. I haven't had a chance to do the maths. It, it would. There we go. He, he, he could get. I thought he could, but I wasn't sure. Well, if he gets top three, he can, but he needs to stop being bagged by Jake Hughes on the final lap of races. Like, he just, yeah. he just has to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, um, he's currently second, I think, isn't he, in the overall? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, he's my wild card, sort of throwing it out there and just doing Red Bull doing a weird Red Bull thing and r- promoting someone ridiculously quickly. <laughs> Who needs F2? Yeah. Um... I have gone for Gasly and Naoki Yamamoto. Um, I'm mm. going down. I'm going down the Honda route. Yeah. Honda seem to have a million young drivers right now, but I think he's the only one who actually has enough super license points. I think technically Matashita could get enough points if he finishes in the top three in F2 this season. I yeah, think. Yeah, he's basically got no super license points at the moment, so or nowhere near enough. Um, 
the top three yeah. have to all get 40 points immediately. <laughs> I don't think uh, Matsushita's seventh at the moment, and he is nearly 100 points down to Debris. Uh, he's about, oh, what's, uh, sorry, quick bit of maths. Um, he's <laughs> 56 points down from Seti Cameron third. So um, I, I don't, Unlikely. It's, it's not very likely, no, I wouldn't have thought. No. So yeah, for that reason, I've gone for Yamamoto. Um, I mean, Honda have already talked about wanting to get him in at least one FP1 this season, yeah. probably in Japan. So yeah, he's he's my slightly out there choice. Um, Stu has gone for Kvyat and Gasly with maybe Matashita in brackets. <laughs> uh, John T has gone for Kvyat and Sorokin making a comeback. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. What, what does he know about Russian funding? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never know. Um, and Other Stew has gone for Gasly and Tictum, question mark, question mark. That, now, that would that be would a comeback. That would be a bizarre comeback of immeasurable uh, proportion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tictum has no way to gain super license points at the moment because he isn't racing anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, hard to earn points when you're literally not no, racing. Um, he is. He remains uh, six points off a super license, um, <laughs> I think. And at the end of this year, he will be further off it. I can't remember how he's got them, but it's from. Oh, he's got some from the Macau win, and then the third place as uh, the second place in European Formula Three. Um, yeah. So, or the two Macau wins, I think, are within range, but one of them won't be any more. Yeah. And then there's just the fact that he annoyed Red Bull so much that they got rid of him. Uh, well, I mean, to yeah. be honest, I don't see Dan Tictum <laughs> having a race license again, probably ever. Um, I'm not going to say anything, but I I, I don't... I, there are quite a few reasons I don't think he will um, be able to get a higher race license certainly to be honest i'm i'm without like poking at the guy I, I think he's lucky to have got as far as he did in his career considering some of the things he got up to in like um formula ford i think it was at the time when he was doing it um like driving through the pack and all that stuff uh, yeah behind a safety car like there were, there were some very questionable hot-headed moments but yeah well i mean that that I mean, I don't, I don't think it needs to be called questionable. He was issued a two-year ban for driving up behind the safety yeah. car and crashing somebody out behind a safety car, yeah. which could be seen as youthful folly. Um, he has never shown remorse for it, and unfortunately it appears that he may have some extracurricular activities that would be prohibitive of representing anyone at a high level. Yeah. Yes. So what we're saying is that's unlikely. Yes. <laughs> In conclusion. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so I mean, as I say, none of that is. Um, all of that is speculation, bar the two-year ban, which is a fact. Yes. Uh, let's move to Alfa Romeo. Um, I've I've just gone for status quo. I'm staying with Raikkonen and Giovinazzi for this one. Um, I feel like obviously Raikkonen's going nowhere. Giovinazzi, I think he's doing an all right job and i don't think the ferrari driver program has anyone close enough to be snapping his heels so i think at least start the season they will stay put my simple response is i agree with that in pretty much every sense so i've done the same for exactly the same reasons 
Excellent. Hazel? <laughs> um, mm, I think... So, Luca Giotto is currently fourth in F2. I think as fond, though, Ferrari are of Giovinazzi, and actually as fond of uh, Giovinazzi as the team formerly known as Sauber, um, who obviously still have, have most of the same personnel as when they were Sauber. Um, uh, they're very fond of him. They like him a lot. Um, he, yes, he's not up to the same performance of Raikkonen, but would you really expect anyone to be, uh, especially <laughs> after a few years out of racing? Um, like, remember, he his last full season was the same time as Pierre won um, GP two, and he came yeah. close second. Um, since then, he's done like a Le Mans, a couple of bits here and there, and he's been sitting in the Ferrari simulator. So actually, getting back to racing and race weekends is quite a big thing. Um, Antonio has a really, really great story, uh, especially with Monza coming up. Um, he's a Northern Italian. He's dirt poor. He's one of the few uh, Formula One drivers who really came from absolutely nothing um, until he became friends with Sean Galile, who, like, I think it started with, like, Sean bought him a pair of shoes because his shoes were falling apart or something. And then like, his dad... Oh, wow. Uh, they became like super good buddies and then um, his dad who owns KFC Indonesia amongst other business concerns sponsored um, Antonio and Sean through Asian Le Mans series and then sponsored Antonio through GP2 and into the um, which was when he was picked up by Ferrari Driver Academy Um, so I I, um, yeah I, I think I think there's a slight risk he could be replaced with Luca Giotto because let's face it, Ferrari are not nice people. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's another Italian and they don't have a lot of seats going. Um, I don't think Antonio is going to replace Vettel anytime soon. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd call his seat guaranteed. I, I've sort of put like Raikkonen because he's contracted until he dies or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> until it, until he's finally wheeled away to the old people. So, um, and then uh, probably Antonio, but mm, I would I wouldn't if Giotto gets a good finish in F two. I I wouldn't rule him out. What's actually interesting, thinking back from what we were talking about earlier, is Giotto drove the Williams um, not so long back, didn't he? Mm. He did one. He did one of the test mid-season tests. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, the hungry test maybe was the it. The problem is Giotto has no funding. True. So Giotto yeah. is what is termed by this point a sort of like semi-professional driver in Formula Two. Um, a few others have been it. Sam Bird was one, and um, uh, Mitch Evans was one in the final years before he went, where they're actually getting paid to do it too. Yeah, because they're just reliable point scorers, so they're decent to have in a team. Um, yeah, I, I think Giotto is possibly in a point where he needs to shift into Blancpain or something and and kind of follow. That said, actually, if I was Ferrari, I might pick up Marcello. Would be the only other person ah. I might pick up. Um, who appears, by all accounts, to be a bit... Of, although he's racing for Mercedes in sports cars, as far as I can tell, he is actually a free agent. So, again, if they wanted an Italian... I don't know. There's a decent number of Italians around now 
whereas there wasn't a few years ago. Yeah. Going down the rest, unsurprisingly, everybody has kept Raikkonen because, as you say, that's just a forever thing. Um, Stu was also stuck with Giovinazzi. Uh, Jonti is bringing back Marcus Ericsson to Alfa Romeo. <laughs> There's some really interesting choices here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there are, yeah. Whether he'd want to come back to uh, toot around in Alfa Romeo, I don't know, but there we go. Um, and Chamber has gone for Kevin Magnussen in one of the first proper driver moves he's come across. Um, which, yeah, is, is very interesting. Um, which leads us on very nicely, actually, on to Haas. Uh, Tom, do you want to start us off with your Haas drivers? Yeah, this is where I bring in another rookie just for just for the fun of it. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've stuck with K-Mag because he seems to be the one that's gelled a lot better in the team. And if anyone's going to win that fight between the two of them, if it comes to it, it will be Magnussen, mm. in, in my opinion. And then um, I'm going with Pietro Fittipaldi, just mm. because he's out there and he's been doing tests for them and um, sim driving and things like that. So he's kind of the next one that they've got in the wings, I guess. But he was my best choice. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I have also stuck with Magnussen, uh, and I'm putting Hulkenberg in the second half seat. Wow! Um, I just say I think of the two current drivers. What? I think of the. <laughs> I, I feel like um, that would just create lots of drama, which just fits Haas very, very well. Um, and obviously, of the two current drivers, Magnussen is obviously going to be the one of the two to keep his seat, so mostly on virtue of not being Roman Grosjean. <laughs> well, that's like, the Haas way, oh, isn't I think it? I'll just throw a nuclear bomb into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just handcuff just be them nice... to each other and see if it's a bonding experience. <laughs> It'd be a nice end to the Hulkenberg silly season craziness as well. Um, Hazel, who are you putting there? Uh, so Haas, I actually disagree. Um, so I I agree with Chamber that it's not actually the the Magnuson would be quite plausible in the Alfa Romeo um I think they do need to separate the current two drivers um yep uh I have um put a Giovinazzi slash Giotto here too uh, okay so um not because I think one was going to get one seat and one the other um but that I think uh, Ferrari might kind of like pull weight. Yeah, which is not something they've done before, really, is it? That no, team? but I I feel like Haas have clowned enough this year. Um, with <laughs> uh, I I can see them changing quite a different colour livery wise next year for various reasons. Yes. Um, uh, I think that Ferrari, especially under the all new world of Minotto, um, are in a desperate reputation saving mode they have to be at the moment they look like clowns <laughs> um and they look like clowns partly because they're they're a team that is very closely associated with them is also in meltdown um like not operationally but obviously there are significant issues within Haas. there's been the the rich energy which is nothing to do with them ostensibly but you clearly cannot let them Doesn't go out good. and find their own sponsors. There's going to be issues. So 
I expect the entire house car to be pixelated for all of the European rounds and Australia next year uh, <laughs> as Mission Winnow makes its its final approach, <laughs> um, uh, but, um, which will be interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I think I can kind of see the 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 arm of Enzo growing long. Uh, yeah, having enough of their nonsense. Um, but to be honest. Although Grosjean is a bit of sometimes a liability um, and can sometimes create quite spectacular incidents on track, um, I don't actually see them getting rid of him. Um, I suspect they would get rid of of Magnussen instead. Interesting. Um, And I kind of feel like Magnussen would be more willing to go. Um, I actually think Magnussen might go to IndyCar next year. Ah, interesting. I mean, I think Magnussen definitely of the two of them will have an easier time finding another seat than Grosjean. Yeah, probably. Well, and McLaren are going back to IndyCar or are entering IndyCar. Yeah, that's true. He wouldn't necessarily be a terrible shout. Yeah, and he has his ties. Could boot Marcus Ericsson out of the seat. That'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Bring him back Uh, to Alpha. (laughs) <laughs> um, Stu has actually agreed with me and gone for the Magnussen Hulkenberg disaster waiting to happen. Um, as has Jonty, in fact. Everybody wants some <laughs> chaos ass next season. Um, and then Chamber has also got Hulkenberg there, paired with Valtteri Bottas. Wow. Yeah, so he's definitely not sticking the same driver lineup at Mercedes we know that much so he's pulling knock um, on in Mercedes <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to speaking of Ocon potentially uh, racing point uh, Tom let's have your racing point uh, racing point I'm just going to stay in as put for now like Perez is the old guard that's reliable and you know can get a job done and obviously Stroll has his ties within the team that I think will get him another year's worth of seat. Um, I think that maybe come 2021, <laughs> that might be a different <laughs> story because if he, if he isn't performing at a level that the rest of the key stakeholders want, there's only so much like power involved in a part ownership of a team, but... I think that it'll end up meaning that Racing Point pretty much stay as they are for, for the foreseeable future. I I agonise over this a lot. I sort of tried to convince myself that, as you say, it's a bunch of shareholders, not just Daddy Stroll. And I kind of hoped and tried to convince myself that they would decide Lance is not the best option for them, given that he's barely scoring points, except for when he gambles on tyres in Germany. Um but actually, I agree with you. I think he's going to at least get one more season. So I've also stuck with Stroll and Perez. Have you, Hazel? No. So I think Stroll is right, yeah. Um, I think Perez is a, has one foot out the door um, <laughs> and um, is quite capable of walking. Um, I think Perez is actually quite capable of walking away from Formula 1 in general. Um by the time this Formula One season ends, the WEC season will be pretty underway. Um, I suspect he will go there or into sports cars for a little bit and wait for the hypercar drives. Um, I don't 
I personally don't think Perez, unless he gets a much better offer, um, I, which is not inconceivable. I like I do have him in one as like a question mark, question mark, question mark somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. But I think either um, they will take uh, Pascal Verlein. Um, ah. who is hunting for a Formula One seat. So uh, in New York, he told me that Formula E was the most fun he'd ever had racing and that he <laughs> wanted to stay, but that he, if a Formula One opportunity came up, he could not take it. Um, Which is fair, I think. Racing Point do not need the Perez money right now. So Perez was very, yeah, very, no. very important to that team because he came with the Telmex money. They don't need his money right now. Um, they they need someone who can score points, but that could be Verline. Um, so I think because I, I actually can't see Verline taking either of the Ferrari seats, even though he's currently a Ferrari simulator driver. But also that means he's been sitting in the Ferrari sim for a year, so actually he's quite a hot property in that respect. Yeah, yeah that's a good um, point. So yeah, I. I I could see Verline having that other seat. I think that's that's the one that it's not inconceivable he could take. Also because BW2 are um, German. Yeah. Yeah, if they've got any say involved in it, that could be a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting choice. I like that. Uh, so, racing point. Uh, Stu has got uh, Perez and Bottas. He is booting out uh, Stroll. Uh John T, we have got also Stroll and Bottas. And Chamber has gone Stroll and Perez, but with a couple of question marks. So he's a little <laughs> bit unsure on Perez as well, but he's sticking with. Um, as for McLaren, has anyone not said signs of Norris? No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, they, they did that fantastically awkward video in, a, in some pub beer, yes. some pub car park. I had to phone my uh, little brother and check that they weren't recording a McLaren announcement in my parents' pub car park. It looked <laughs> that much like it. Um, uh, but yeah, like some just some pub car park in Oxfordshire. Fine. That's where I'd announce my drivers too. Best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Where else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, especially if they're going to do it that badly. I'm not going to book a theatre. <laughs> I just I just love those guys. Like might, everything about McLaren and their drivers these days is just so it's just nice and fun it, and wholesome. I really it enjoy it. It frustrates me because I'm a Williams fan and like Williams just just having such a torrid, horrible time and it makes me so yeah. sad. Um like my <laughs> only like moment of serotonin during F one races for, for the past like year and a half was that um, Q1 where Russell went ninth and I went bananas for about 30 yeah. seconds um, <laughs> uh, I mean on the plus side it keeps me objective about everything else um, but yeah I mean so there's, there's always as a Williams fan when the McLaren fans are beating you up you feel like it's a bit like I don't know Liverpool and Everton or something like, like there is a sort of like British <laughs> privateer derby going on there um, but yeah they are really lovely they're really sweet together. Um, they're very wholesome. They're doing very well. Yeah. Um, science is proving himself. Norris is not screwing it up. Great. All good stuff. 
Um, onto a team not necessarily doing that well, uh, Renault. Um, Hazel, do you want to give us your Renault drivers first? Um, so, Ricardo. Yep. Um, and this was where I was going to put Magnussen. If he stayed. In a swift return. Because he's been there once before, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has, yeah, for a season or two. Um, I could see that I, happening. I personally think, so this is a controversial view and I get a lot of people scandalised about it every time I say this, but Hulkenberg is 30. <laughs> he's not going to get any better than he is right now. Ever. He's 30. I say this as somebody who passed that waypoint a long time ago <laughs> but like this is Formula <laughs> 1 and like the great, uh, the Damon Hill thing of coming in age 31 and whatever is not it's not there anymore like he's he's just not going to get better he's quite difficult to work with and he's not very nice to the media if I was Renault I would probably take this opportunity did I invest that yeah I actually don't find that too abhorrent an opinion. I, 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 yeah, I think he had his time. He was, he was that like the next big thing for a while, wasn't he? It's like, oh, this kid, he's going to go far. He's going to yeah. be there, and then it just, just never worked for him. Um, I, I can see him doing well in America. Um, I can see him really enjoying going and driving the IndyCar cars. Um, driving things that aren't hybrid. Um, he's never really been very good with the hybrids. Um, I thought the rumour that he would turn up in Formula E was the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, he was very clearly not going yeah, to. Yeah, I can't see that. He wasn't going to do it because he, I mean, he also has some sort of like slightly funny views about electric cars. Um, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can see him going to... IndyCar for sure. I, th- I think there's going to be a bit of an invasion of XF1 drivers and European drivers to IndyCar over the next few years. Um, uh, there has been in the past, and I think cyclically it's coming up. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's partly a Red Bull. It, like the last time it happened, it was like all the Red Bull cuts uh, suddenly rocked up there, and and you know I, th- I think it's going to happen again at the end of this season. And I can see Hulkenberg being one of them. I can also see him disappearing into um, something like, um, because there's going to be hypercar programs that are full combustion as well as the hybrids, it can be either. I could see him disappearing into that for quite a large amount of money. He's not terrible at sports car racing from the few races he's done. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's won them on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can't be that bad. Yeah, I think I think something like World Endurance might suit him um, if if those options come up. Like, I'd, or him, sir. Or I think something. he knows himself. He's passed that opportunity in F one a long time ago. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, the event horizon is past. Either he goes to IndyCar and actually chases podiums and wins in a format where he might enjoy it, um, or. Like, I, I just think he he needs. I I can't think of a reason that Renault would continue to pay him the amount of money that they are paying him. Yeah, that's 
that's entirely understandable. Uh, so you're going Magnuson yeah, for the second seat. I think him and Ricardo would be actually a, a heavily tattooed and spicy pair. That'd be quite good yeah. fun, actually. Uh, Tom, who are you going for? I've gone a little more sort of future thinking in the sense that I nearly put Aitken in the seat alongside Ricardo, but I don't think he's quite ready for it yet. And I think that what might end up happening is them holding on to Hulk for one more year and then Aitken's turn will come around 2021. And I think that because they potentially want him in the seat is that they will just stick as is for now and I guess make do with Hulkenberg for want of a better phrase <laughs> until they decide to put Aitken in in 2021. That's kind of where I'm putting this one, I think. Yeah, I, I toyed with Aitken, but I think I agree. I don't think he's quite there yet. And and I agree, to be honest, with the fact that Hulkenberg probably will disappear sooner rather than later. I think that just for Renault's point of view, they, they might just hold on to him. Mm. Um, I've also gone Ricardo, obviously. Um, and then I've put Ocon in the second seat. Um, now, whether that is Toto playing nice and making friends again and finding a seat for him or letting Ocon go and find his own destiny when they <laughs> don't give him the Mercedes seat, I'm not sure, but I'm putting Ocon there. Interesting. Yeah, I I can see it. So I, I haven't... I... I'm not sure I see Ocon anywhere else. And I I did think about putting Ocon as my second pair. Um, yeah. I, let's be honest, I just quite liked uh, the capriciousness of Magnussen taking Ocon Pixie. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> Renault are desperate for a French driver or at least a Francophone driver. Yes. Um, they would really love a driver who can speak French. Um, uh, they don't have one in any of the... Uh, any of the cars that are powered by Renault. Um, Alain Prost must be like <laughs> chaffing. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I can certainly see. Um, I mean, if I was Alain Prost, I'd be trying to convince Boemi that he could take on a fourth manufacturer at the same time and somehow keep his Red Bull reserve <laughs> role and Toyota and Nissan. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think. Um, I think it's very plausible that Ocon is let go from the Mercedes program. Um, but when they let Pascal go, which was meant to be on super nice terms and they were being super nice to him and they would like, you know what, like we screwed you around. Sorry. Like we're being real nice. They did make him miss the first round of Formula E in Adiria because they wanted him to do some DTM end of season testing. So I actually yeah. think Mercedes... I mean, obviously, no F one team is nice. You you can't be nice and go <laughs> Formula One. Um, nope. But I think Mercedes are not nice, and I don't think they will let Renault have Ocon. Well, Stu has also gone down the French driver route, um, but he's gone for Hubert. Mm. Which... Oh, too soon. I think I, I would very much like to see Hubert in Formula One, but yes, maybe in a season or two's time. I think um, I think that's actually okay, I, I think but I don't think he's got super license points. 
Yeah, I'm not sure he'd be close um, enough. It will be um, dependent on his Formula Two finish. He has he has a few, but I don't think he's in a safe position at the moment to to have forty by the end of the year. No, he's he's kind of in a car that can grab a sprint race result, but feature race is a struggle for them, isn't it? Yeah, and well, yeah, it's also got like some fairly major reliability problems. Um, yeah, I mean, all of them do in Formula Two. To be fair, um, oh, I can say that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, doing a job where I wasn't allowed to say that kind of thing until recently. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, um, uh, I mean Hubert. Hubert, I think they would be really super stupid if they don't pick up. Hubert and get him a serious amount of Formula One, FP One, and testing time. Um, yeah, agreed. But I don't. Yeah, I, I would say maybe too soon. But hey, it's Formula One. Who cares? Is it too soon? Who knows? Just just throw them in the top seat, wherever. Yeah, <laughs> find a twelve-year-old somewhere, <laughs> stick them in, see what happens. Yeah, sure, they're eighteen. <laughs> um. John T has gone for Ricardo and Aitken. He does think Aitken is uh, ready to go. Uh, and Chamber, which is fast becoming the absolute wild card uh, option, has gone for Ricardo and Markelov. <laughs> which, again, it's would be great fun impossible. to see. I'd not love impossible. to see Markelov in F1. It's plausible, though, isn't it? It is, actually. Um, Where is he these days, he's actually? He's in Super Formula. He's not doing badly. Um, ah, of course yeah. he is. So, like, given that in your first year in Super Formula, it's quite difficult to learn. Um, but he seems to be enjoying it. He is. He was Renault for a bit. Um, yeah. He was Renault when he massively spanked Jack Aiken. Um, not really yeah. Jack Aiken's fault. He had a more exploding car than Mark Love's. Um, <laughs> and also Mark Love was much more experienced in the overall formula, although obviously Formula 2, when they brought in the new F2 cars rather than the what was the old GP2 car, is very different. Um, uh, Mark Love has super licence points. He's one of the fl- free floating drivers who has super licence points. Um I mean, it would be worth rolling the dice on him. The problem is that Markloff no longer has any funding whatsoever at all. Um, yes, he, which... he used to have a lot, and he now has none. In fact, I'm not hmm. really sure what his whole situation is. He also cannot enter Russia, which is quite a big problem for a Formula One trap. Not <laughs> ideal. No, so he would have to have somebody else do his home race. Because, <laughs> um, uh, so, as I understand it, he cannot enter um, the Russian Federation. I did not know that. That would be. Uh, I, I mean, I might be a roadblock. Things might have progressed, uh, but <laughs> allegedly. Well, his father was arrested cool. at the Sochi Grand Prix last season, um, and since oh then, yes, I, I, I think Markov himself got out fast um and yeah i remember that actually back since i might i might be wrong but as far as i understand it that's the situation i just like the idea of having an f1 driver who talks about themselves in the third person so <laughs> i'd happily go along with mark <laughs> oh, no, i mean believe me i i, I would love my my <laughs> most uh, no 
second most useless Russian son to, to have a seat in F1. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would be absolutely brilliant and highly entertaining. And if they got Aiken in to do the, the sodgy race, that would be quite fun. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, or they could get Hulkenberg back for an insulting guest spot. Um, uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, it's not it's not impossible for sure. I mean, Renault don't need money; they're a manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. Right, let's move to where have we got up to? We've got to Red Bull. With all the Red Bull craziness, I've actually gone static next year, and I'm sticking with Verstappen and Albon. I I'm, I'm banking on Albon having a really good second half this season and keeping that seat. I'm not going to lie, that's exactly what I've done too. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's more out of hope than what we actually think will happen, but we'll see. What What did the others say? Uh, Stu has gone Verstappen and Albon. Jonty has gone Verstappen and Albon. <laughs> Chamber has gone Verstappen and Kvyat. A lot <laughs> of question marks in his predictions. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's right. Ah, interesting. You think Kvyat's going to go there? Yeah, I think ultimately they will look at the other two and they will have to cave to experience and they will give Kvyat the seat. Remember, they can always fire him if Max doesn't win a race. <laughs> yes. So what, what we're saying is Albon's drive is ultimately a test run and they have to he has to seriously outperform what they think Kvyat would be capable of. And if he doesn't, they will be swapped back around. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I think Albin is being given half a season in the Red Bull in order to, and I think Albin will probably be aware of it going into this um, and that this will have been talked to him about, um, yes, they are assessing their options. And if he turns out to be absolute dynamite and he's winning races, completely different scenario. Um, but if in his 12th, 13th, 14th, etc. Formula One race, <laughs> he doesn't somehow manage to get um, insane results, then uh, yes, I, I would expect him to return to Tori Russo. Um, I think especially if Kvyat continues to perform at the level which he's at, um, which I can't see any reason that he wouldn't, aside from new baby sleeplessness, um, then uh, yeah, I, I, I would my money would be Kvyat in that car. And I'd, I'd be very okay with that. That would be quite a nice redemption story to see him get back there after everything he's been through the last few years. I think unusually I wouldn't put Verstappen in the car. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I think... Verstappen has pretty much the free run of the top teams. Um, and my prediction is that Vettel will retire at the end of this season. I know a lot of people will be really unhappy about that, but I actually I don't see Vettel continuing after the end of this season. Yeah, I've, mm. I've hinted it in the past. I don't know if I don't know if it'll be as soon as that, but I mean he's pretty heavily foreshadowed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can see Vettel going away just doing something entirely else. He's clearly... Um, there's a few things that have changed that pissed him off. One is that um, he's getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> uh, 
um, of which he doesn't like. Uh, and there's some, you know, there's some participants, players, whatever, across every sport. There's a couple across esports I follow even where, like, they just really hate getting their ass handed to them. And sometimes it's a huge motivator to stop that. But if you just cannot stop it happening or it results in more situations in which you're at risk and you're very vulnerable and whatever like it it's clearly not the way that he likes to play it um and i think i personally i thought at the start of the season that vettel would, would retire i still think vettel is going to retire um and they will have no choice but for, but to take the strapper so who are you putting in the other red bull seat so i'm putting and this is pretty left field, um, but I'm putting <laughs> Sebastian Buemi in it. Ooh, I like that a lot. Sebastian's really good. He's very, very good. He always was. <laughs> He's been not having the best time in Formula E, um, and he hasn't really been able to explain why he isn't performing in Formula E a lot of the time. And then he got finally got that win, um, just at the end of last season, um, which I think means that he can close the book on Formula E if he wanted to. Um, he is the best paid driver in all of motorsport. Um, he's better paid than Fernando. Really? Yeah. yeah. Then again, I guess he does Toyota everything, doesn't he? Um, he <laughs> yeah. would have to yeah. give up the Toyota drive if he drives for <laughs> Formula 1. Um, uh, like, um, uh, but I can see him because um i i can see him going back to red bull um unfortunately somewhat to do with the the tragic and untimely death of, of jean paul drio um i don't think he has any massive ties to nissan his ties were to dams or edams yeah um i don't think he has any beef with nissan but I, I think he wouldn't necessarily feel massive remorse about breaking that contract. Um, he can put up with Kvyat instead of, I don't know, Degrassi. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can see Boemi taking that seat. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fairly out there prediction, but I was, I was guessing like you it. didn't want me to come on the show and just be like, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's all going to be exactly the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. No changes. Um, well, I guess you've already given us one of your Ferrari drivers mm. then, so I'll let you carry on and give us your other one. Oh, Charles Leclerc. He'll get another year. He's, he's Correct done answer. <laughs> I think that's, that's a given. Um, everybody else whose predictions I have have gone for Vettel and Leclerc. Um, do you agree with that, Tom? Well, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I do. I do still think Vettel's hanging in the balance whether he sticks around or not. But yeah, I've kept him around for one more year at least. Uh, which brings us on to the last team, Mercedes. Uh, Tom, do you want to go first? I can get the most boring one out of the way and just say <laughs> it will stay as it is. <laughs> Um, I completely agree with you. Um, for we spoke with this a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, I just feel like 
Bottas and Hamilton just kind of works. Although Bottas isn't necessarily performing to Hamilton's level, it just kind of works. They're not crashing into each other all the time. They're still bringing results. They're still leading both championships. I feel like that's a very Mercedes way of doing things rather than bringing in the young gun to try and prove himself. Um, I don't see Bottas on your predictions, Hazel. So are you agreeing with us? Uh, um, Hamilton and Eduardo Mortara. <laughs> <laughs> are you sending Bottas to Formula E? Uh, no, I'm sending him direct to sports cars. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't see a future for Bottas in Formula One. I think he's utterly destroyed as a human being. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I don't think he'd enjoy Formula E. Um, I think he'd honestly find it horrifying. Um, I think he could do with some fun in some sports cars somewhere. IMSA, WEC, Blancpain. I don't know. Um, but I, I just... I, I, I think he needs to get out of Mercedes. Like, it, as far as I'm concerned, this is sort of mercy kill. Um, <laughs> I don't see a situation in which Bottas is going to succeed in that seat. No, sadly not. Um, I think this season was probably his real chance of taking to Hamilton, and he's just sort of balls it up, hasn't he, really? Uh, I mean, I don't think he even has. I think, to be honest, um, I th- so I honestly think when Mercedes say their power unit's behind Ferraris, they're not lying because it, it's clear from the customer teams that it is uh, on raw power and that it's only extreme levels of manipulation that are making it do anything else. Um, so, because otherwise, no matter what was going wrong at Williams, like they do know how to build an F1 car. They've been doing it for a bit. They're not total bozos. Yeah. Um, so, but they don't have banks and banks and banks and banks of programmers. And I, I think that's what's making the difference at Mercedes and the customer teams just can't do that. Um, so uh, I, I think Bottas, if he does another season under the, again, and I think it's like Gasly, like just get him out, get him out of the criticism zone, stop him being publicly um, rinsed for something that bluntly nobody who is writing about what he's doing knows anything about. I always think this is hilarious. Like none of us. So I say this as a motorsport journalist, and I say this as somebody who is who interviews the drivers all the time. But we'll be asking the drivers like, oh, what, "What went wrong in turn two? It looked like you had a lockup." And they'll say like, "Yeah, I had a lockup." No, so, I mean like some of the time, yes, it's lockup. But you can say that when you're looking at Formula Three. You can probably say it with reasonable certainty when you're looking at Formula Two. Probably that's. That's absolutely as far as you get. As soon as you're into prototypes, as soon as you're into Formula One, Formula E, you've got no idea what is going on in the car <laughs> because you don't know. Because like, because everyone kind of acts like the drivers are really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're just standing there feeding you a line about like I don't know dust. <laughs> <laughs> when actually what happened is some incalculably ridiculous thing happened and like two settings came undone, like buttons down your shirt <laughs> and your boob fell out around that corner. Like it's it's not, um, <laughs> it's it's partly why I actually have, like 
I praise Jolian Palmer's commentary a lot because he's actually a modern era driver. Yeah. And his commentary is genuinely to do with what is happening on track. Um, but we all flatter ourselves that we think we know what the heck is happening and we don't. Um, and and we, we're so unqualified to know what's happening that we shouldn't even be asking questions <laughs> bluntly. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be some journalists who are like, well, this stupid little girl might think that. But, but like, no, it's it's true. Like, we have no idea. Um, like, we understand the mechanics of racing, of course, but we definitely don't understand what's going on in a car. Um, and I say this as somebody who has worked on power units and things. Like, even... I. I don't know. It is kind of like um, watching a fighter jet go over and saying, ah, so what he's done there is like, no, you don't know what he's done loop. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but like, yeah, you've got absolutely no idea what you're looking at. Um, and yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I just think Bottas needs to get out. Poor old Bottas. Um, so you are going for Mortara alongside Hamilton. Well, I mean, the only reason I've said Mortara is because Mortara was the name that Toto Wolff said was the other one that he would have got yeah. if he couldn't get Bottas. Um, uh, Mortara is still signed to a Mercedes-adjacent team. Uh, Vontry supplied the nascent uh, Mercedes Formula E team um, when they were hog uh, last season. Um, so... Um, <laughs> or HWAAG, if you don't pronounce it phonetically. <laughs> it's less fun. Um, uh, well, yeah, obviously. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, uh, he Mortara has been a Mercedes driver basically all his life, um, apart from when he was an Audi driver and before that Porsche. So I'm just talking rubbish. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I would say Hamilton and other question, 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 like series of question marks i i don't know who will take that seat it could be ocon i i personally don't think it will be it could even be their line but i don't think it will be very very interesting um and that's that is the lot oh um and finally i did ask you all for a a wild card driver that you would very much like to see in f1 but almost certainly won't be um tom let's have your wild card first I've said it many times in the past, but Felix Rosenquist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Funny you should say that, because he was mine as well. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he might be. As soon as I ran it in the box, (laughs) I I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Yeah, as we've said many times, I think it was just mad that no F1 team went anywhere near him, or at least not near enough to give him a drive at all. I think IndyCar's gain is F1's loss with him, for sure. Um, Who was first? (laughs) Yeah, I just I would love to see him in F1. I like him so much. Um, who have you got, Hazel? Uh, well, I mean, it would probably be Sebastian Buemi. It's a very good one. I'd love to see him back. I'd like to see Vern get another crack, actually, on that sort of topic as well. Oh, he's never coming I, I know, back. I know it never <laughs> happened, but this is like the fantasy what if, and I'd love to see him have a go at him like, with a decent car. Because Red Bull just did him such a disservice back when they got rid of him. Same as most of them, to be honest. But uh, Algeshwari Buemi a lot of them. So <laughs> I I can't see Jev ever getting back in an F one car. Mm. I I don't think he's interested in F one. He because he, he he does go there and he does French commentary sometimes. Um from everything I have ever spoken to Jeff about. So like 
two years, uh, three years ago, yeah, I, I, he would have bitten someone's hand off. Um, well, maybe more like four years ago, but but yeah, like just at the end of when he was at ES Virgin, yeah, he would have snapped someone's hand off to get back in an F1 car. Even when he was at Tachita first, I think he would have done it. Now, I do not think he um, would be willing to risk the hard-won recovery that he has made mentally and, and sort of like as a, a human being who no longer or who is sort of like reasonably functional now um, 90% of the time, I do not think that he would risk it. Um, I think it would take like some quite catastrophic events for him to go back. Yeah, agreed. Everyone else's wild cards. Uh, Stu has gone with Sam Bird, um, chiefly because he thinks he's very quick, but he spends too much time having people crash into him currently. So he'd like to see him in F1 where mm. he might not get crashed into quite so often. Um, I mean, Sam was a Mercedes driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sim driver for a wild long time, card. wasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would personally go and like, commit some... Uh, I, I would certainly go and like stick a lot of middle fingers up at people in the F1 paddock if they took Sam Bird. Well, funnily enough, Chain Bear has also gone for Sam Bird for his wild card and he said just to wind Hazel up, to be honest. So there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then finally, Jonty has gone for Alex Rossi, who he would very much like to see have another shot at F1, Uh, potentially getting that USA link with Haas. I, I, do you know yeah. what? That was one of the many things I was toying up. I was looking up and down the IndyCar grid at the minute thinking, who out of this lot might fancy a pop at F1 and, and get that sort of US driver to US team tie with Haas? And I think the only thing that might stop someone like Rossi is he's now quite involved with Andretti and not Haas. So I don't yeah, know if that'd exactly. be a factor for him or not, but I would like to see something like that at some point in the near future if if Haas can get it sorted. Yup. My only other world card would be that there is only one woman left with super license points. They are about to expire, but she could apply for them right now and have a super license issued. And that's Catherine Legg. Ah, does she uh, still yeah. have enough? Yeah, she just about has them. Um, so she could apply for a super license right now and get a drive. Um, she doesn't have any funding. She's got no backing. She's not got no, no connection whatsoever <laughs> to any F1 team. But, but there you go. That's a fatlet. Um, let's quickly rattle through a couple of other things uh, the Formula E uh, grid for season 6 is sort of starting mm-hmm. to take place the most notable thing I think so far is that Lotter is leaving to Cheetah to join uh, Neil Janney at the new Porsche team um, Antonio Felix Acosta has left BMW and there's sort of speculation reportedly, reportedly, reportedly yeah left so the speculation he's headed to, to Cheetah um, whether it's a good choice to i mean yes she's really defending champions but it feels like the way formula e is going staying with a big manufacturer would be a better long-term choice um uh, um i i would say that some of the time and antonio clearly has a lot of guilt about bmw every time i've spoken to him this year who like say something and then feel the need to like throw in a lot of like oh bmw are very important to me i love them um, and BMW are the reason he is in Formula E at all. Um, so they told him to go and take a punt on this series. Uh, he touched the car and was like, God, my career is just, oh my God, the bin. 
um, <laughs> when he went from testing the championship winning Red Bull car to the season one Formula E car, which, yeah, low power. It's, you know, a spec car that's been knocked together quite quickly, yeah. etc. Um, certainly nothing like the, the Gen 2 or the season five and six cars. Um, uh, he stayed because he enjoyed it um, and because they persuaded him. And he enjoyed the racing, and um, so he credits them with keeping him in Formula E, um, which he's like, that was the best decision I have ever made in my life. He said that to me multiple times. Um, but at the same time, um, BMW have just flexed and removed their WEC program. They've removed their factory program. So if Antonio wants to do anything else, this is it. He can't do basically anything else. I guess um, so, yeah. Other than Formula E as a BMW driver. There's a huge number of BMW factory drivers. And he's yeah. obviously going to be their lead in Formula E. But Antonio's actually, like, so Antonio's a really nice guy. If he keeps that seat, then there's a lot of drivers that can't get it. Um, hmm. And I can honestly see him going because he has another option. Um, just because he could and also because then he can do hypercars he could think about indycar he could think about all kinds of things um whereas i think at bmw it's it's quite a complex situation in terms of the factory drivers at the moment um i don't think it's a terrible move to go to chichita him and jeff go way back and are, are very 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 good friends um jeff wants a teammate who he can go on holiday with <laughs> um like literally i'm i'm not joking this is the thing um he wants a teammate he can go on holiday with who can hang out with who like you know he can have that vibe not necessarily in the jeandre way but but like um he turned the whole thing around when he got stefan sarazan in and and they they were going on holiday together and like hanging out and lots of things so um it's important to him that he can have somebody who can vibe with um, there will have been a really short list of possible Tachita replacements for Andre and Antonio will have been massive on it. Uh, they've just won the double, so they could offer him pretty much any old money. I mean, the pay is very good in Formula E at the moment. So, And they've got the DS money as well. They've got the Citroen money. So yeah, that's true. They're not a privateer team anymore. So, yeah, I... I, I it's not a bad seat to have. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad seat to have. Uh, I think it's a reasonably smart move of Porsche to poach Andre and to um, contractually force him to focus on Formula E to remove him from WEC um, and from other concerns. He has to only do the Porsche Formula E programme so that he can build it up. They've then got Brendan waiting in the wings in Dragon. Yeah, so obviously okay. Brendan Hartley is also joining this season, but with the Dragon team, I think a lot of people sort of surprised he didn't get that Porsche seat given his kind of association with them. But as you say, do Porsche want a someone who's brand new to the series over someone who's that little bit more proven? Well, and they're already coming in dead cold. They had yeah. one week, one disastrous weekend with Dragon. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any um, previous association? I also wouldn't be massively surprised if Dragon rock up at testing in Valencia with Porsche powertrains. Yeah, interesting. Do a kind uh, of because frankly, their powertrain is not good. 
No, um, they've, they've not I had mean, a they, great They're not years. a manufacturer and it's it's really starting to show because what they have is the equivalent of Cosworth engine in the hybrid area. Yeah. Um, and Cosworth were never going to build a power unit, but like if you have, well, and Magneti Morelli are not really the Cosworth of powertrains either, but they have a Magneti Morelli powertrain that they've sort of mushed around a bit. Therefore, it's plasters <laughs> manufactured. <laughs> So, is which a lot of teams were doing at one point, but they are now the only ones doing that. So, yeah. And then the other sort of big new team, Mercedes, but there's no official news on their drivers yet. I think it's probably safe to assume Van Dorn's going to be getting one of those two seats. Mm. Um, otherwise, that's uh, yet to Angle. see that. Yes. <laughs> um, I w- I would love for Gary Puffett to stay. I would love for Mauro Engel to come back. Like, if I could somehow keep them both. Um, <laughs> Negotiate uh, a third car. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't... Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's possible. Unless Eduardo Mortara goes to Mercedes in Formula 1. That's true, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Mauro can take his seat at Vontry and uh, No, um, uh, I, I think it will go to Mauro Engel. I think, unfortunately, Gary Puffett did not make the switch sufficiently fast. No. Um, I I think it's a real shame because I think it's really, really tricky ask. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I, I most sport is cruel and <laughs> I suspect he, he won't have a seat next year. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then very quickly to finish, uh, we also had the W Series uh, finale at Brands Hatch this weekend just gone, where Jamie Chadwick won the title despite what was easily her f- worst race of the series. Um, she came home in fourth place, which was still plenty of points to beat by Scavissa, um, despite her finishing ahead of her on the podium. Uh, Alice Powell finally got a win in the series despite coming close many, many times, and being taken out many, many times. Um, which actually lifted her to third in the standings in the end. Uh, Emma Kimialainen came second, which moved her to fifth in the standings despite missing two of the rounds earlier on in the season. It was it was a very good race to end what has been actually a very, very good debut series for them, I think. Um, and obviously with Jamie Chadwick getting that Williams role, that's kind of one big tick in the this is working box. Um, and also the fact that there's now 12 drivers who... No, they have a seat in a series next season where they don't have to worry about funding. Um, and a lot of those 12 would probably otherwise not have race seats. I mean, there's a lot of drivers this season wouldn't have a race seat this year if it wasn't for W Series. So I, I think I think for me, a, a pretty big tick for that series for the first year. Um, it seems to have achieved what it set out to do, I think. Yeah, I've enjoyed it as a season for an inaugural one that's, a lot of people were writing off far too quickly. I think he's done really well. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, from my perspective, obviously I've been a a fan of motorsport for a really, really long time now. Um, And, you know, since the early 90s. And I have only seen a woman on the top step of podium or on a podium at all. Um once when i was at world superbikes and anna carrasco won the ssp 3000 race and i bawled my eyes out really unexpectedly i, d- I didn't expect it to do what it did to me um because i i don't i don't really go to bikes 
frankly. Like, um, uh, I, I am fairly four wheeled rather than two wheeled. Um, and, and I'm happy to admit that it's a gap in my knowledge and I don't really understand it. Um, because not everyone can understand everything. Yeah, you've come um, to the right place for that then. <laughs> uh, but, uh, then W series, like I, uh, when I was working on the first race, I just bawled my eyes out at the podium and then I, like and I, I watch a lot of podiums, um, and I watch a lot of sport that I'm quite emotionally invested. In, and I see lots of people who I like or who I'm even quite good friends with, like succeed or fail or get smashed into a ball or like you know whatever. Um, uh, but the W series for me has been like slipping into an alternate universe where instead of knowing that I couldn't be the person on the podium it is even though obviously i'm much too old and it's completely irrelevant um but like if little girl me had seen that i think it would have been like really astonishing like really transformative to see that instead of like, i mean at the time it was like old dudes on the podium frankly yeah. um smoking uh most of the time still <laughs> um uh the yeah, it, it it has been like slipping into a mirrorverse, um, and also <laughs> I th- I think it's been really good racing because if it's it really racing, has nobody would care, but it's been really good. It's been really close. It's been very clean. Um, the battles, um, it's not been sloppy. It's not been unprofessional racing, and I think that's been really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know all of these women who are racing in it like they've all got day jobs apart from the really young ones alice is a plumber um emma kimmelina makes literally celebration cakes you you can commission her to make your fancy cake um and uh your fancy finished cake um and like i really like emma i've I've met her a few times and i've hung out with some stuff with her and, and she's hilarious and like they're seeing all these people come back from the brink of just disappearing um like it will make a difference to grassroots most sport. like i know there's all these people going like well they should be running a karting initiative well that won't do anything if they don't get out of carts exactly Um, and this is something where it's like take your daughter to the karting track or your daughter can like drag you by the hand and go like i want to go to the karting track and it's like well what do you want to be like this person who's on tv on the top of a podium that's what i want to be like um and that's that's a huge change (laughs) yeah the the absolute kind of image of the weekend for me was there was a little girl she must have been eight or nine. Oh, in the little race suit yeah got her parents to make her a little w series race suit they're meeting the drivers just beaming having the time of her life and it's like that's that's w series doing what it's designed to do like that's it working yeah and that was yeah, yeah very very good to see yeah i'm really excited for the next season it's it's been very very enjoyable but on that note, I think we will probably uh, wrap up for this week. Uh, massive thanks again to John T and Stuart for getting involved. You could, I'm sure you already know them, but if not, you can follow them on Twitter at John T's underscore corner and at ChainBearF1. Uh, massive thank you to you, Hazel, for coming to join us. Um, no problem. If you'd Sorry like to, for banging on so much. No problem at all. Uh, if you'd like to plug anything, please feel free to take the opportunity to plug anything. Oh, God. Uh, you can... Follow me on Twitter uh, at hsouthwellfe. I like tweet me articles and stuff. 
<laughs> and and the odd spicy meme. Great place for niche electric car knowledge, which I very much enjoy. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Back the Grid F One, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back the Grid, and you will find us. Um, do all the like, share, subscribe stuff wherever you find us because it's all very helpful. Uh, and I think that will do us for this week. So thank you all very much for joining us, and goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. I did a thing there where I got sort of a sentence into the outro and then my brain just went to screensaver. Like, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm saying now. I'm just going to bundle it.